and welcome back, everybody. Welcome. <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Watching Up. We've missed you guys. I haven't. It's been a couple of weeks. Just <laughs> what if I was just like super mad this entire episode? <laughs> <laughs> It's been a couple of weeks. That's not that long. It feels like it has been, though. <laughs> feels like forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm your host, Rachel, and I'm here with my co-host, as always. Michelle. <laughs> you may call me Michelle. <laughs> you may call me Aunt Vicky. <laughs> and we're back to talk about entertainment. TV, movies, all the things. How have you been, sister? I've been good. I've been going through some physical changes. (laughs) Changes. First of all, I have a new hair color. (laughs) It's reddish, brownish, fall vibes. And after being blonde for, gosh... 10 years more don't even know it's just a new it's a big change i don't even recognize myself anymore. <laughs> she's joining the ranks i know all great. my red-headed friends were like no you can't i'm like I'm they said no it. you can't you don't get to be special well my friend ashley is like i'm the only redhead allowed in the group and i'm like no well, I'm the only redhead allowed in the family. <laughs> well, it's too late. <laughs> um, it looks good. Thank you. I also have um, press-on nails. I put on press-on nails for Halloween. I did but too. I ripped them off. I did too <laughs> because they were not. They were like Halloweeny. But I learned, I guess, how to do them on Halloween, like better to make them stay. So now I'm giving like re- like ones a shot to see how long they'll actually last. So I put these on yesterday. Beautiful. And see how long they'll last. So I don't have to spend a hundred dollars <laughs> to get them done every two weeks. <laughs> Mine were driving me crazy, so I just ripped them off. I couldn't type. <laughs> and I don't I'm not used to having things on my nails, so Yeah, it would definitely much. be hard because I'm used to having acrylic, so these feel like those, but they're not as, they're like a little more flimsy, I guess, mm-hmm. feeling. So I could see how going from having nothing to having these would be mm-hmm. a big jump. Yeah, it was too much for me to handle. <laughs> too hot to handle. <laughs> you were too, too sexy. <laughs> Too much you walked outside and everyone was like ah! <laughs> and you're like psych. I can't do this <laughs> <laughs> I have to remove these nails yeah people were flocking they're ruining me. my anonymity <laughs> um but that's amazing <laughs> I love the press on it's amazing my life is amazing um <laughs> No, also my husband's out of town, and so I've just been binging television and going to Target, (laughs) (laughs) and that's on God. 
<laughs> How have you been? I've been good. Just trying to get by. Had oh. some work troubles in the past few days. Oh, no. The past week. But I won't get into that on here. <laughs> but otherwise, I've just been... I actually haven't been watching very much TV. I've been watching a lot of movies. Um, I dressed up for Halloween as Priscilla. Yeah, you looked so good. And that's why I put on the press-ons, because I commit to the bit. <laughs> so good. Um, and what else? I've been, I bought way too much shit at the Sephora sale. Still waiting for them yeah, orders to I come in. Yeah, I need your reviews. I got an email that was like, your order is delayed. I was like, Uh-oh. you better send it to me. You better not. You better. I'm getting one tomorrow. <laughs> one of my three orders that I placed. Does it have the house labs in it? I actually don't know which one it is. It probably is because that's the first one I placed. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Getting stuff that I don't need. Um, but yeah, that's really all I've been up to. Well, good. You're just <laughs> living, loving, laughing. Living La Dolce Vita. Living my Dolce Vita <laughs> in the Falita. Mm-hmm. But I think without further ado, we can jump into some of the content we've been watching. Um, almost an entire season of Golden Bachelor has gone by, and we have not we spoken it. about it yet. We haven't mentioned. <laughs> um, this is the first season of Golden Bachelor. And what an enormous gift from the Bachelor franchise Gary. that we've been given. This is exactly what the franchise needed, I feel like. I agree. I think it's been very wholesome. They've been teasing us with it for years. Literally years. I was like, they're never going to make this <laughs> senior citizen show. And they did it. <laughs> they did it. And they did it well. So I kind of, I guess I kind of understand why they took so long now. To figure mm-hmm. out a way to do it that feels, um, it feels like it feels like it belongs in like the Bachelor universe, but it also is different in the way they like treated the contestants. I feel yeah. like so. I feel like yeah, it was, it's been good, definitely, and like it, it kind of has to be if they're gonna like get these people to take time out of their, you know, retirement or whatever to, mm-hmm. to like go on TV and like, they're not, you know, they're not going to be like, you're not going to take me for a fool basically. Right. And I don't necessarily want to like tune in to see them like making fun yeah. of 60 year olds. Like, exactly. The way they do of like 20 year olds. So. Yeah. So our golden bachelor is Gary. And he's so sweet and cute and nice. And he sounds like <laughs> Kermit the Frog. He says, I'm so in love. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're down to the bottom three already. Yeah, it went by really fast. Technically bottom two, but it was a cliffhanger. <laughs> it went by really fast, which I get. Um, I appreciate. Honestly, I love that it's an hour long every mm-hmm. week, and I love one hour. That they it didn't go on any fast. ridiculous trips. Yeah, I mean, I do like the traveling aspect, but I feel like yeah, I wouldn't want to like 
tote around some senior citizens. No, it's them just getting sick. I think the two hour format or just like the regular format they use for like original bachelor is not conducive to what this show is doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, He's very earnest, very sweet, and just a genuine nice guy from Indiana. Yeah. He's looking for someone to spend salt to the, the rest of his life with. He's <laughs> yeah. a salt to the earth kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, so we are down to for sure Leslie mm-hmm. and either Faith or Teresa. But it's going to be Faith. But it's definitely going to be Faith. Yeah. Do you think she's going to win? I do. I still do. I think they're doing yeah. that thing that they always do at the end where there's always a Sometimes there's a clear front runner, and so towards the end, they try to like make it look like somebody else pulled ahead. Um, red which herring. is Leslie, yeah. yeah, red herring. Um, but I, I think, I think it's gonna be faith, and it was always gonna be faith. Um, He's gotta have faith. He's gotta have faith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna be faith. I, it's crazy, like, after because after. The first date of the season with Teresa, I like really liked her Uh and it's crazy how much kind of like my opinion on her has changed since then. I liked her on that date, but I also felt like I didn't see if like Gary like had that big of a spark with her. I guess like it it was a really cute date because like they had like the little dancing and like (laughs) it was like a lot of going on but like when they were talking to each other I I could kind of tell he was kind of like oh okay like that type of vibe (laughs) damn I don't remember that (laughs) maybe I wasn't paying attention but they yeah they seemed cute but she's she seems very kind of like I don't know maybe like insecure yeah um needy yeah um I thought it was sad when they went to her family and the kids were like grandma's always here because she's alone <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like damn don't need to read then your they grandma made fun of her duck film. faces yeah <laughs> I was, I was like, like damn okay <laughs> exposing her okay. I hope she's gonna be okay after he doesn't pick her seems like she has a good support system so Hopefully yeah, she'll be fine. Um, do you think they're gonna do like a golden bachelorette after this? I think they probably will. I feel like it'll be challenging to maybe find men who want to mm-hmm. sign up to be contestants because they're all dead. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> either they're dead or like they do not. They're like not in anywhere within the realm of like watching The Bachelor or anything like that. Yeah, um, but I mean, Gary's like daughters signed him up, so maybe there's right. a lot of single guys that daughters would like their kids. Nudge would, yeah, them. yeah. Um, yeah, I think Joan should be the Bachelorette. I could see that for sure. I could see Joan. I could maybe even see Ellen. I like Ellen, Ellen. would be fun. I loved Ellen. I loved I think listening was, to her talk. Yeah, I thought she was going to make it to, like, the end. Yeah, but. I thought so, too. I thought she was going to get it over Teresa the last rose ceremony. 
Um, he loves the brown hair. He loves the brunettes. Brunettes only. <laughs> <laughs> he goes uh, on brunettesonly.com. <laughs> <laughs> that was his dating app of choice. Um, yeah, so there's the Women Tell All left. Mm-hmm. Women Tell All is this week. And then the finale next week? Or is it I think back it's still to back? Th- I think it's still three more episodes. No. So Women Tell All, <laughs> and then we, we oh, have to pick up from the, the cliffhanger and do Fantasy Suites. Fantasy Suites. And then the finale. Oh, so only two Fantasy Suites. Yeah. Damn, they don't want Gary to get laid three times. <laughs> You know enough. those st. You know those STIs be going around in the retirement homes. So. There's not enough Viagra <laughs> on set. <laughs> um. Anyways. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll be, be interesting, interesting though. Yeah, yeah I don't know what's gonna. We'll see how much the vibe will be. They, they like talk about it. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll see if Faith wins. Yeah, but I want. I wish my girl Edith would be the Bachelorette. Edith was stunning. Her She's hair was stunner. bouncing, and she was ready for action. She could be a good she Bachelorette. Need, she needs to j- date Joe Manganiello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that She's he's single, too hot for all these. She can do better. <laughs> she can do better than the Golden Bachelor. <laughs> She yeah. needs an A-lister. <laughs> he, she's like the new Tyler Cameron who like goes and dates actual celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, she was she was fire. Yeah. Um, um but it's just a really enjoyable show, and our mom is even watching it. We used to all watch, so we all started watching like the first season of The Bachelor. Like, we used to all watch it together. Yeah, and like 20 years ago. Yeah, literally 20 years ago. <laughs> and that was when it was, like, a lot less about, like, the drama and the kind they of... They didn't even kiss, I don't think, yeah. until the last two. Right. Like, it was a little. It was, it was a lot more wholesome back it then. It was wild. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our mom kind of got, like, lost interest as the years went on, but she's back for this this one which is fun she's back in she's back in and then there's also been good old paradise almost paradise, paradise. When I, I love that song <laughs> almost paradise okay so i feel like i've kind of half been watching paradise like me too i put I don't it think on I but i don't pay attention to what's happening yet. it's kind of like but background I still, noise but i still know exactly what's happening yeah it's somehow. easy to like check in and check out when like something's happening and then like mm-hmm. check out and be like okay nothing's happening but yeah. I know who's together. I know what's going on. But um, I'm excited to see what Charity has to say because she came down like at the end of the last episode. Right? Oh my gosh. I still, I didn't oh, finish finished the it. second She came half. down because, and so before she came down, Eliza, apparently Kat told Eliza, Kat and Charity are apparently friends. And Charity told Kat something bad about Aaron B. Like that something he wasn't like trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And so Eliza confronted Aaron B about that. And he was 
basically like it was actually the worst like weirdest most confusing conversation i've ever seen he doesn't say words like he literally does not say words one of one of the my biggest pet peeves on the show and this has happened more than this just this scenario is when someone like confronts somebody and then that person is trying to explain themselves but they're making no sense like Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense and instead of like asking further questions like the other person just goes you've given me like a lot to think about and I'm like y'all didn't get like no (laughs) no details were shared like I know you didn't understand what he was saying so why don't you just say okay wait like let's break this down like what do you mean like he's like I was with a girl and then there was another girl and I'm like okay let's talk about timelines then like when were you with this girl what was her name like who said what like she was just so confused and she was like well I have a lot to think about and I'm like what you didn't you really (laughs) didn't understand anything you just said so and then I I don't get him yeah and then at the end Charity came down and so I'm excited to see like what she actually says like he did because I'm like oh my gosh I never liked him to begin with I didn't either I was like why are you in Fiji trust him why (laughs) why do you blink so much um why can't you look me in the eyes do you why do you speak in chronic dry eye (laughs) (laughs) why do you speak in predictive language (laughs) I didn't understand Uh, like Eliza had the chance to date um who's that guy's John John that guy John B yeah. The Asian guy. I love he's him. He's so yeah. cute. Like, uh, he's a way better option than Aaron. I was like, okay. She's just doing too much. I don't know. I, I think she's, like, so, like, literally the most stunning person I've she's ever really seen. Cute. She's but really she's cute. But she's, like, I'm like, girl, you need to figure <laughs> some things out on a personal level. <laughs> First of all, when you ask somebody about a story you need to understand what they're telling you before you walk away um uh yeah anyways so there's a lot going on are there any couples that you do like i'm like uh, i'm trying to think i guess like they, I could none of see, them feel natural to me i could see avon and um kylie staying yeah, together they haven't really showed them much i guess because there's like no drama because they're like we're both super hot and we are like each and other's top picks, really so talk. let's not mess this up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they both seem really boring. <laughs> um, I love Olivia, but uh, John I Henry. I'm like, I feel like you could do better. I don't get it. I don't know him. He has the kind of face that like I immediately forget when I'm not looking at him. Olivia <laughs> like I can't someone with a better personality. He just. He's mm-hmm. not that he has a bad personality. He's just very like cardboard simple. almost. Yeah. He's simple. <laughs> <laughs> um who else? Definitely not Blake and Jess. Um No, she doesn't like him at all. Definitely not, I guess not Rachel and Brayden, even though I was kind of rooting for them for one episode. I kind of was too. <laughs> Poor Rachel. I know. Um, I was like, damn, I thought he really liked damn, her. Damn, why, why ain't nobody want Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for her. I know. But she does, she is really bad at handling, like, conflict. She like, gives off she very blows up. chaotic energy. Like, 
Yeah. She blows when up she gets disproportionately ner- to, like, the what's happening. <laughs> when she gets anxious or, like, nervous about something potentially happening, she, go- like, she goes off the deep end. You're like, She okay. overcorrects. Yeah. yeah. Um... Um, I think that Jess and Tyler could be a cute couple. Yes, yeah, I like them. There were little breadcrumbs of them getting together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I think they would be cute. They're both young and like they're both adorable. Yeah, people. like little stuffed animals. That they are. They're together. like little dolls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying. To I don't think, think anyone's gonna get married. I don't think so either. Like I really not don't at this point. There's usually that. that one couple that you're like, oh, they like actually They're seem deeply in love. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's somebody like in Bachelor Nation that I could see Olivia. What about Olivia and um, Rodney? Maybe that would be cute. Rodney, sweet, sweet Rodney, <laughs> sweet, uh, sweet Rodney. He deserves the best. I think, I think Olivia would be, would be cute. Would have been cute with John B. Yeah, like they both seem kind of fun. Kind fun of loving. fun, kind of free. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cat uh, needs to go to therapy. Yeah, Cat needs to. She just needs to go. Period. <laughs> She's the only entertainment, though, to be honest. I'm just saying, I'm like kind of tired of watching her like play with her hair in the confessional room. <laughs> I just like when she's like screaming about nothing about her um, birthday. About, <laughs> yeah, on my birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, she's got a few screws loose. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's not really like. A lot. I mean, it's still entertaining, but I'm not, like, fully invested in any of the couples, I feel like. Yeah, me either. Maybe the casting was a little off this season. I feel like it was a large number of people that I don't remember because they went home the first night of their Mm -hmm. seasons. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of those kind of people. Um, And there are not enough, like, villains anymore, I feel like. Like, Brayden, I guess, is a villain. But I like him now, kind of. I mean, that's usually what happens on Paradise <laughs> yeah. is, like, the villains come and you they get a second chance. But at I least still they can't have... get behind the accessorizing, though. <laughs> no, he needs to calm down. And I hated when they were like, you look like a young Johnny Depp. And he's like, <laughs> I'm like, I, that's like Because the he worst. has, like, a goatee and I was like, earrings. that's the worst compliment <laughs> at this point. Like, you don't want that. Um, uh... Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. We shall. Somebody, isn't there a couple that's going to um, get married? What was, I think they showed, they showed a wedding at the beginning, but I assumed it was like just some random people that want to be married by Jesse Palmer on TV. I was thinking maybe it's, is it Becca and Thomas? Are they married yet? I know they have a kid. Uh, I don't know if they're married. Maybe. I think maybe it's them. Maybe it's them. But we shall see. The only wedding that will probably take place <laughs> out of this season. Yeah. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the Bachelor franchise writ large? No. I'm excited about Joey. I know. He's going to be good, I think. He's going to be good. I hope he doesn't act like a fool. 
he better not let us down. (laughs) His uncle. (laughs) Joey's uncle Uncle needs to take a chill pill. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So we've also been watching Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. I don't know if there's a ton to, like, say about it, but... I don't we're know. I feel like I'm for oh, go ahead. Ari, well, we're rooting for both Ariana, right? We're rooting for Ariana. I'd also be fine if Charity won. I'd also or be Jason. fine if Jason Mraz won. Or Zochi. I think Zochi has a chance. <sighs> I like her, but I don't want her to win for some reason. I think I would. I have the same three as you, but I think I swap Zochi and Charity. Honestly, I know. I love Charity and she's doing so good, but I don't know. She needs to step it up this next week. Yeah. Um I mean, highlights of the season. They did the tribute to Len Goodman. Literally bawling my freaking eyes out. I was like not okay. I know. <laughs> it I was, was so beautiful. It like, was really good. Uh, if you oh, haven't yeah. seen it, look it up. I was just going to say in general, I feel like I'm always like (laughs) preaching to my friends about Dancing with the Stars because I feel like it's Mm underappreciated. Like the type of people who enjoy The Bachelor, I feel like would enjoy Dancing with the Stars. It's It's not the same by any means, but it's so like entertaining and it's fun to like. Y'all got me on board. I never watched it. And then y'all convinced me to start watching it. And I really like it too. Yeah. Um, I feel like it has a reputation for being, like, for older people, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's fun for all ages. <laughs> it's lighthearted. It's uplifting most of the time. It's, like, yeah, it's, like, watching all these people that, I mean, it's honestly a dream. Like, if I if I had the chance to do that, I would jump at it. Like, it's it would my, be so It's my cool. ultimate dream. So yeah. it's a lot of people that, like, really want to be there. Um mm-hmm. And it's their, like, ultimate dream to be, like, on Dancing yeah, with the Stars. they get to, like, learn a new skill and, like, mm-hmm. see their see themselves, like, improve at something. Mm-hmm. And it can be, like, very inspiring in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it's also, costumes. like, yeah, it's also, like, every week you get to see these, like, creative, like, visions come to life in each mm-hmm. dance with, like, the set design and the costumes and the music that they choose and, like, all of that kind of stuff. Choreography, the costumes, the makeup, the, yeah, the band, like, it's, like, a huge production every week. It's mm-hmm. just, like, honestly really cool that they pull it off, like, a live variety show every single week. Yeah, it's fun. With, like... Yeah, it's really good. And they have, I feel like they've found their groove with the new co-hosts. Mm-hmm. Whereas <laughs> previously yeah. it was Tyra Banks for a, a bit. We and weren't now the biggest fans of. <laughs> I didn't really, like when they announced that Tyra was going to do it, I was like, oh, she'll be good. And yeah. then like for some reason she like couldn't. It wasn't the get right it fit. together like, yeah. <laughs> to figure out like what to say or like I always <laughs> thought she was gonna like get better and it never did. Yeah, um, she couldn't like read a teleprompter. Something was off. I don't know. I think it was like the but, live aspect. Yeah, maybe she would get like a little nervous or something. Um, because obviously she's hosted. Like she used to host mm, so many seasons of 
next top model. But it's so different. Yeah. It's so different being live, I feel like, and the pressure. So, yeah. Um, So now it's Alfonso Ribeiro and Julianne Huff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still miss Tom and Aaron, but they're pretty close to them. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Alfonso's Um, really good at it. Yeah. And they have. Carrie Ann, Derek Huff, and Bruno as the judges since Len is mm-hmm. gone. Uh, okay, so one thing I want to talk about is the elimination process. Mm-hmm. They went back to, so for, just for the listeners for background, several years ago, there was a man named Bobby Bones <laughs> who competed on the show. God, we don't talk about him. Who was not good at dancing. Did not improve a barely any amount throughout the entire season, and he ended up winning the whole season. Because then it was all, it was all yeah. the audience vote. Audience vote is all that like mattered. they say they yeah. take into consideration the judges' scores and the audience votes, but like obviously the audience has more. The weight is like distributed more heavily on the audience mm-hmm. side. Um. And so since that was the case, he ended up winning because he was like a crowd favorite for his personality and stuff. Um, But everyone after he won, everyone was like, what the hell? Like he wasn't even good. Like part of the purpose of the show is to like watch people improve and or to see somebody. Yeah. See somebody from a field that you would never expect somebody who's never danced before. Yeah. To like really excel at it or be like a surprise or something. Right. Yeah. The purpose of like the person who wins at the end, like in theory, should be at like a high level of Mm -hmm. dancing by Mm -hmm. the end of the show. Um, And so people were kind of like outraged about that. I'm sure the judges were like pissed off because they're like, well, why are we here if like this is going to happen? And And I'm sure he just had like radio fans like calling and voting like at very high volume. Because mm-hmm. they like like him, or like maybe it was like a joke or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, but so the yeah. season after that, they instated like a new process where they would narrow down based on audience votes to the bottom two each week, and then the, from there the judges would like make the decision as to mm-hmm. who between those two people goes home, which I think was a good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like at least it has some sort of like merit like the judges are the professionals who like know what they're talking about so Mm -hmm. they can make that kind of discretion or use Mm -hmm. their discretion in that way yeah um but they stopped doing that this season for whatever reason yeah and I think they might start doing it again at some point during the season because there are a couple of people who have stuck around who are just not getting better yeah and we're basically Harry like, Jousy past halfway through the season, and it's like, okay, these people need to go. Yeah, but it's because they have so many like and fans it, at home. It's voting upsetting for them. when people that are improving like get voted go off home instead. Yeah, when you're like, I feel like they had still had more to give, whereas these other people aren't like getting it. Yeah, which I mean, I guess is part of the show. Like, but if it gets down to like top five and there's still somebody in there that's like not good that's an issue to me that's yeah and it makes it like it just makes it like not as fun to watch 
Yeah. Cause you're like, I want to see like by the end of it, you're like, that's when you get the best dances and like yeah. dances that like go down in history as like best of all time for the mm-hmm. show. And then you're like, okay, then why is this like totally mediocre dance still in the running? Right. Um, because so, yeah. like it also limits like what the professionals can even do. Like if somebody is not good at dancing, they have to like choreograph the simplest dance yeah to accommodate them and that's just not fun to watch at a certain point you're like I don't want to watch you like counting in their ear like (laughs) like like (laughs) and you yeah just completely like stiff and just like going through the motions um but yeah Harry Jousey is (laughs) kind of taking on that Bobby Bones position Mm -hmm. it seems and I think a lot of it has to do with like people want him and Riley to date his partner Mm -hmm. which like obviously plays a factor in like people voting for them Mm -hmm. Uh, people love to like root for (laughs) romance (laughs) yeah to his like um what what age what's the word credit to his benefit credit um he is actually like more endearing to me than Bobby Bones was. <laughs> like, I actually don't mind him because he has, like, a nice personality, but, like, he's not... Not that Bobby Bones had a bad personality, but I was just, like... Yeah. If he was, like, very on all the time, I felt like, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm over-watching this guy. Yeah, um, I get that. I, I think that Harry does seem, like, totally nice. Yeah. I just, like... He's kind of annoying me, too, because he's, like, crying about, like, the online comments or whatever to his partner, (laughs) who's – this is her first season, too. Like, she probably needs a lot of support, but he's, like, the one who's, like, leaning on her. Yeah, that's true. Okay, um, it's time for y'all to go. (laughs) Time to go. Y'all can can date, date. though. (laughs) Y'all can keep dating. Like, you don't need the show to date. Um, Yeah. Him yeah. and Allison. And I honestly didn't think great. that um I didn't think that Mauricio deserved to go home yet. No, not at week. all. Mauricio didn't deserve to go home. Mira didn't deserve to go home. Yeah. Like there were better like there were people who were actually, like you said, improving who should have stayed. But yeah, I guess that's really all I have to say about that. I mean, that's <laughs> all I have to say about that. Um, you gotta say that every time. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Forrest Gump podcast. Um, yeah. So, w- what do you want to talk about next? Do you want me to talk about some of the shows I watched? Yeah, do you want to talk about The Fall of Usher? I don't yes, even okay. know what that is. <laughs> <gasps> oh, well, you'll probably never watch it because it's scary. Um, oh, so- I thought it was literally a documentary about Usher. <laughs> no. Sorry, I'm trying to stretch out my leg because it keeps falling asleep. Maybe I should just sit on a... Um, Okay, so there was a new show on Netflix that dropped probably like a couple weeks before um, Halloween called The Fall of the House of Usher. Um, And it's a new series from Mike Flanagan, who's done some of like the best, I feel like, horror um, series over the last few years. Um, He did... Um, the Haunting of Hill House and um, Midnight Mass. Did he do Doctor Sleep? Yes, he directed Doctor Sleep, okay. um, the sequel to The Shining that came out probably like 
10, uh, no, it wasn't 10 years ago, maybe like five years ago. Yeah. Um, which I need to watch again because I remember watching it in theaters and being like, eh, but I might need to give it another chance because now I know more about his work and what he does. Um, Anyways, he's really, like, I love his, like, style. Midnight Mass is probably my favorite thing that he's done. Um, He does, like, gothic-type imagery and stuff. So The Fall of the House of Usher is a book by Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. And so he took, like, kind of, I guess, the overall outline of that short story and also weaved in like a lot of his other works Edgar Allan Poe's works within the show so basically the premise is that there's this super rich family the Usher family and um in the show it's like modernized so it's not probably at all like how Edgar Allan Poe wrote it but in the show like the family is like a uh, the head of this huge um, pharmaceutical company. So like basically like the Sackler family and um, they um, all of a sudden mysteriously, all his children start dying. Mm-hmm. And so basically the show is, and it's super scary, spooky vibes. Um, there's a detective that has been, on the case of trying to like bring down this family for like decades. And um, he goes to meet up with the head of the Usher family um, one night and he's trying to, and basically the father is telling him like the story of how all his children died over last week and just like what happened and like the circumstances. And it's really cool because each like episode is like, a retelling of one of their deaths, but it's also relates back to one of Edgar Allan Poe's like stories. Mm-hmm. So like one of his daughters, it's like the telltale heart, but it like modernizes it in a way, like it makes sense within the context of current day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just really enjoyed it because I always enjoyed Edgar Allan Poe's work. Um I love like Mike Flanagan's work and I did think it maybe was a couple episodes too long. I think they probably, which I've said about his other stuff too. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes it can be, there's a lot of like monologues, which I like when they're good, but then sometimes some are better than others. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's one of those where you have to get to the end of it before you kind of fully form your opinion. Cause it all kind of comes together at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was really spooky and it was like, we watched it like right before Halloween and it was like the perfect like show to like get into right before Halloween. It would still be yeah. good now, like with a fire because there's like a lot of like, like the whole time they're telling, he's telling the story. They're like in this like dilapidated house, and like things mm-hmm. keep like happening. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it kind of weaved together a lot of things that I enjoy. So I enjoyed it. Nice. Yeah, that sounds it's, good. It's got. I'm trying to think if there was anyone. There wasn't really anyone like famous in it, except. 
I'm trying to remember the woman that plays. Um, I don't want to give it away, but she plays like a reoccurring character in the in the show. Mm-hmm. She was uh, the mom from Spy Kids. Oh yeah, um, Carla. Yeah, we something. Yeah, she I was always a, forget her name. Yeah, she was really really good, and she looks amazing. Um, Gugino. And then yeah, there's a lot of and then Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan always puts his wife Katie. Kate Siegel in his shows, which I oh, think is Faith, really that's cute. That's who Faith reminds me of from The Golden Bachelor. No, no, not Kate Siegel. What's what's her name? Or I was thinking of Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal, yeah, she does remind me of her. But uh, Mike Flanagan's wife is yeah, Kate Siegel. Um, oh, okay, she's like really. She kind of looks like Angelina Jolie. How do you spell it? I want to look her up. Oh, show me. Huh? I don't know if I recognize her. So he always puts her in all of his shows, which I think is really cute. And she's a really good actress, too. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, there wasn't really anyone else that I super recognized, but I liked it. Nice. And Meek liked it. It's super melodramatic, too. Like, it's, like, super over the top, which I thought was, like, fun. Yeah. Um, but very campy, spooky, gothic story spooky scary skeletons <laughs> yeah. down your spine <laughs> literally it was like that. um but the story backed it up like i did like i said there were parts where i was like okay the story feels a little convoluted like they, they, he's throwing a lot of ideas in it but i think ultimately it worked in the end um nice yeah so that's the fall of the House of Usher on Netflix. I watched some spooky movies by my standards, spooky, but some of my favorites. In October, I always like, you know, you just want the spooky vibe. You gotta have it. But I also, just to plug my letterbox, I made a list. If you are like me and you don't like, to be so scared that you're kept up for days on end. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I made like a spooky season watch list for movies that like can get you in the mood of the Halloween season, but don't like ruin your life. (laughs) What's on, like what, for example? I guess, let me watch, or let me pull it up. I got Silence of the Lambs, Carrie, The Shining, Psycho, American Psycho, Rocky Horror, Zodiac, Young Frankenstein, Beetlejuice, Practical Magic, you know, classics, but also some that like fall under the category of like horror technically, but Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, like don't scare me enough to, the you know, yeah. The Shining still does scare me, that the bathtub scene, I don't yeah, the bathtub part is the only part that That's like the only scary really scares part. me. Yeah. Like if I hide my eyes during that, like I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. I love just like the whole vibe of spooky season, but sometimes I feel like I can't <laughs> partake. I, no, I think all those are like very like I feel like also Halloween isn't I think people relate horror movies to Halloween, but I think like mm-hmm. Halloween is more that like fun spooky vibe yeah. like Beetlejuice I think is like the perfect example of yeah a Halloween movie um yeah 
Um, yeah. So, I'll wait. I mean, we could, I guess we could talk about, I watched a couple of other horror movies before Halloween, and then that could lead us into our alien description. Okay. Oh, they did like a, some sort of test, like a scientific test of like the scariest movies, like according to like people's heart rates or something. Okay. Like how like anxious like the movie actually made you. And so like for some reason the top of the list this year was the movie Sinister from 2012. Mm-hmm. And so me and my husband watched that. Um not that scary. I did I mean it was it was creepy. But I don't know why it didn't like get me in a way that I thought it was going to. Mm-hmm. It's got Ethan Hawke, um, and then Fred Thompson is the sheriff. He's the only other person I recognized. But it's about, he's like a, Ethan Hawke's an author, and he kind of writes about, I guess, true crime um, within, I think they're from like Kentucky or something. And he like had a really like popular book. Um, but it's been like a decade or so now and like they're running out of money. Um, so he's trying to write like his next like hit book. So he moved his family to a house where like this like terrible um, murder happened. Like the family that lived there before got like murdered Mm -hmm. and he doesn't tell his wife, which I was like, fuck that oh my um, god he's Absolutely like no not. this she's like you're not moving us like next door to a crime scene again are you and he's like no not next door and <laughs> oh then i'm god. like bitch and so um basically he finds this in the attic he finds this box of like film and it has like film of like all these like gruesome murders uh-huh. and he like watches it every night to like get <laughs> inspiration for his oh my god and it's like basically like demonic like the movie is <gasps> demonic and like makes him and his family demon possessed oh my god <laughs> and then yeah and then um, it ends up, like, haunting his children, and then, like, the daughter ends up murdering all of them. Wow. That's what you freaking get. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's what you get from moving your family there. Yeah, I would be pissed. But, yeah, it's more, like, I guess, like, pure, like, in-your-face horror to where sometimes I feel like when it's over not over the top but like just like there's nothing more to it than like this is demons haunting you like when there's like no other like reason like that doesn't really scare me because I'm like okay sure like you know um Uh, demons (laughs) I mean I'm not like yay demons but I'm like I don't know it just like isn't like the scariest thing in the world to me um so, yeah, we watched that, and then, yeah, that was it. Sinister. Sinister. I also I also went to see Priscilla 
and the killer. Oh yeah, I didn't see Priscilla yet, so maybe we can wait. But yeah, okay, um, we'll talk about that when you see. I it. did see the killer. Did you like it? I enjoyed it. I don't know that it was my fave. Fincher. It wasn't my fave of his for sure. Um, I have it second to last on my list, right above Mank. I, I was debating. List. I was debating between. Should I just read mine? Yeah, I made a list too. I'm starting to do what you did, but I okay. don't have any. I don't have as many um, Finchers, I guess, probably as you have. I only have seven. Okay, read your list. So seven is Mank. Six, as it stands, is The Killer. Five is Fight Club. Four is Gone Girl. Three is Seven. Two is Social Network. And one is Zodiac. Okay. Mine is... I only have six. Six is The Killer. Uh, Five is Zodiac. Until maybe I watch it again and like it more. Um, Four is Fight Club. Three is Gone Girl. Two is Seven. And one is The Social Network. I want I went to rewatch the social network like a couple weeks ago. And I was like, why isn't it free anywhere? Like this should be on Netflix or something. I just didn't I feel know. like paying I feel to rent like, it. <laughs> I feel like that about a lot of movies, but especially the social yeah. network. I feel like that should be readily available. It um, should be required watching for everyone. Really. <laughs> um yeah, I think I was debating between switching The Killer and Fight Club. Like, literally, I like all of these movies besides really Mank, which I never watched. I don't know. That. It was so long. I was bored. I maybe need to rewatch it, but I don't think I will. <laughs> I liked um, The Killer, but I guess I was kind of in my head, and I shouldn't do this, but I was comparing it to maybe something like Taxi Driver. And I was like, I just like enjoyed that like way more like I liked all the scenes and I love obviously Fincher's like style which I think was probably like the highlight of the movie for me was just like the Mm -hmm. way he like shoots things and like makes them look I think it's really cool but I don't know like Fast Bender I'm like okay and then like I didn't really like care about anybody in the movie I guess yeah I didn't really either but I didn't take that as like an issue with the movie Mm -hmm. um I liked the way that he I don't know if serialized it is the right word but like basically each segment had like its own sequence that we just like followed Mm -hmm. like there were chat it was chapterized (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah I liked that too and so I like I like those types of movies where you could be like, oh, my favorite was like the one where he went to Florida or like my favorite was the Tilda Swinton one or like mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and I think that, yeah, I, I agree with you that like I think he my makes things look amazing. section was the Florida section. It was I think mine that too. was the most like. It was the most action-y. Yeah, it was the most. Action-packed. Yeah, it was the most like edge of your seat part, I feel like. Um, yeah, that was my favorite too. Um, oh, I there was sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say I am so like interested by the way that he does um like uh, title sequences, like like opening credits. Like this movie especially struck me because it opened right on the opening credits. Like they just started, mm-hmm. and they were very like kind. Of, 
they're always like his opening credit sequences are always very like stylized kind mm-hmm. of in a, a it's like a way that I never really see I don't know yeah maybe I didn't sometimes like when I'm watching something I won't like realize <laughs> you know like I'm not like <laughs> yeah. oh um, if you so rewatch like if you rewatch Seven, he has one there. If you rewatch like Mind Hunter, like those I are loved Mind very Hunter. like um, kind of similar. I remember it in Seven. I re- I distinctly remember it from Seven because we started it over like four times because we kept falling asleep. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> not because not because of the movie because we were like no, you napping. were traveling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember it had a really long like title sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, this one was just very much, like, the movie started and we're in the title sequence and, like, there's all these, like, animations going on and stuff. It was very um, interesting. Paul Schrader posted a little review of it that I thought was funny. I love Paul Schrader. What did he say? And I was like, actually, and it wasn't anything, like, when I left, I, like, didn't know what to write. Like, it was one of those where I was like, I feel like I need to sit with this for a second. And then when I read Mm -hmm. this, I was like, wait, this was exactly I feel like how I felt about it um he said thoughts while watching the killer is style its own validation and narrative art or should it serve another purpose as well Fincher's film is a masterclass in film style but there is a phrase for this in Texas it's called all hat (laughs) (laughs) I was like damn all hat hat, no cattle (laughs) that's like the phrase for like somebody that look like looks like Like really flashy but they don't really have like a lot of like to back it up so i was like i kind of feel like stetson yeah it was kind of like i want to show like all that i can do but does the story necessarily it doesn't really need to have a meaning or any anything more that it's saying i guess but Mm -hmm. that's kind of how i felt about it yeah um and I'm not familiar with, I think it's based on a graphic novel, which I'm not familiar with at all. So, you know, I'm I am missing that. You Just are? No. Oh, like, <laughs> what if I was, I was like, like, I'm missing my that favorite bit of context. piece of art is the killer <laughs> graphic novel. Um. Uh, I just liked that it was like, this is a movie about a guy, a hired gun. Somebody does something bad to his family, so he's out for revenge. Like... I don't really need much more than that. So yeah, I appreciated very, that. Very about straightforward. Um, mm-hmm. I did, I did like... feel like. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I really liked Tilda Swinton too. I thought she was really good. Yeah, she was awesome. I did feel like in the theater, I was like surrounded by like Fincher bros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where people were like, the, like the level of. There is one person in particular, like in the back of the theater, would like laugh too hard like, at the jokes. Like, where I'm like, okay, we know you, like you, we know you with this. worship at the house. Of we Fincher. know that Fight Club is your favorite movie, <laughs> which Fincher would hate, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so go read about it. There <laughs> was learned. something I read the other day where he was like, he's been trying to like distance himself, or like, I guess he like talks bad about fight club now that I guess mm-hmm. like incels have like co-opted it as like, yeah. Their Cause they don't, movie. they don't see they don't the get, actual message. They yeah. don't get the criticism of yeah. like everything in it, which is really funny. But, um, I still love that movie. 
I remember I it, it was one of the first, like, we were talking about, like, when we knew Martin Scorsese was, like, the director, like, the first director mm-hmm. that made us know what a director was. Like, that was one of the first movies I saw where I was like, oh, this is art. <laughs> like, you know, like, this <laughs> yeah. is high art. Like, um, It was also, I, I was able, I didn't see it until, like, a little bit later in life, but I was able to, like, I didn't know what the twist was. Mm-hmm. And the same with Seven. I, d- I never... I never knew either. What was in the box? <laughs> I knew, I knew like the line "What's in the box," yeah, but I didn't too. know what was in the box. Um, I always thought like "What's which, in the box" was like, like it it went throughout the entire movie. Like it was something that was like torturing him throughout the whole thing. I didn't know uh, it was like at the very end. Yeah, I, I when I saw what was coming, like I kind of like once the movie was almost over, I kind of was like, "Oh God!" and then like. I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen yeah, it, no. but I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. How did I never realize, like, what was in the box? I, I was not prepared for what was in the box. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse than you could ever imagine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, definitely love Finch, the Finchman. Um, I mean, The Social Network is probably one of my favorite movies, period. Like... It's like one of the best movies. The script is perfect, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. Gone Girl is one of the best like book adaptations I've ever seen. I know. That's the thing is like literally from in my list, Zodiac to to The Killer are all movies. Uh, I guess technically to Fight Club are all like top tier movies. Mm-hmm. And then The Killer I really liked. And then it mm-hmm. was just Mink that was like not, not for my me. cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. Love. He makes some bangers for sure. Bangers okay. and <laughs> Should we talk about Alien? Really quick. I mean, I honestly, you can start because I really don't have like that much to say. I think my opinion might be a little controversial. <laughs> okay. We can do categories. I know we didn't prepare for it, but okay. I'll just read the synopsis. Okay, so this week we, me and Michelle both watched Alien for the first time. Um, it's a movie from 1979 directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, it stars Sigourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt, Ian Holm, Yafet, Koto, John Hurt, Veronica Cartwright, Harry Dean Stanton. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all of the crew. And the letterbox synopsis says, In space, no one can hear you scream. During its return to Earth, commercial spaceship Nostromo intercepts a distress signal from a distant planet. When a three-member team of crew discovers a chamber containing thousands of eggs on the planet, a creature inside one of the eggs attacks an explorer. The entire crew is unaware of the impending nightmare set to descend upon them when the alien parasite planted inside its unfortunate host is birthed. (laughs) (laughs) Which, that honestly kind of tells you, like, most of the plot. (laughs) Gives Um, it away. Yeah. Um, So I guess just in general, what did you think? Or do you want me to start? You can start. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, um, I feel like we might agree like on a lot of it. Um, I wasn't like blown away by this movie. Um, It's like, it's considered like a sci-fi horror. Mm -hmm. Um, It would definitely go in the category of like horrors that I can handle. (laughs) I I wasn't scared at all at any point. Yeah, no, I wasn't either. Um, And I know this is like 
a very like people hold this movie in like high regard and they think it's like a masterpiece basically Uh um which i respect totally but Mm -hmm. um I guess the best way to put my feelings is just, like, I wasn't blown away by it. Mm -hmm. I did – there were a lot of things about it that, like, I appreciated. Mm -hmm. And I think that do hold up, like, against a lot of um, kind of, like, I guess totemic sci-fi, you know, scenes Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, But I guess it's it's kind of hard to speak on, like, something that – is um kind of older uh like i guess it's kind of like an original at that time but mm -hmm. like as the years go by obviously we have things that like have built upon it and like maybe done it better or like you know done certain things better yeah Um, it definitely felt like one of those movies that people like people's opinion of it i think ties a lot to like when they saw it when it came out in theaters yeah um like like there's a lot of movies that have this effect like if you never saw home alone growing up i don't think you would like watch it now and be like this is the greatest christmas movie ever made like you know (laughs) yeah it's like something that that's how i felt when i finally saw the first harry potter yeah it's something "Mm." that like is tied (laughs) to you as like an adolescent and it it becomes important to you because you saw it at a time at a important developmental time in your life mm-hmm. um I feel almost the exact same way <laughs> about it as you do like exactly mm-hmm. what you said um I did feel like I loved the parts that I liked about it were I felt like the sets were insane mm-hmm. um like yeah, you could I loved see the, set the practical work that went into making the sets and the monsters Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really appreciated that. Um, but like you said, the story was pretty straightforward. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Sigourney Weaver is just like the final girl in like an alien yeah. attack basically. Um, right. and, um, I mean, there was parts like, especially getting into it, I felt like it was kind of slow, um, mm-hmm. to get to like the alien um so I don't know I just wasn't I wasn't blown away either but I understand why people like really love this movie um yeah I guess the best way to put it is maybe it's just not for me I don't know yeah (laughs) agreed yeah I think that I do agree that the beginning was like a little bit slow but at the same time like after I was thinking about it for a little bit I was just kind of like um I think the mundanity mundanity of it is what kind of like made me be able to at least form some kind of connection with the characters because mm-hmm. we just see like these are just people they're waking up they're going to work they're interacting with their coworkers they're like complaining having disagreements whatever mm-hmm. like not a lot of people can relate to like being in space but at mm-hmm. least we can relate to like that kind of dynamic um Mm -hmm. and I feel like it I I guess all that to say is like I feel like it did a good job of um being able to develop characters in with not a lot to work with I guess like there's only so much you you can do when you're like on a spaceship and there wasn't a lot of time before we like got into the actual like meat you Mm -hmm. know like getting to the planet and like finding the eggs or whatever Mm mm-hmm 
So I feel like it did a good job of like being able to develop the characters in such a kind of limited amount mm-hmm. of plot and time. There was a movie that came out. Um, it's kind of in the same universe, I'm guessing, last year or the year before called Prey. Prey, yeah. And it was like a Predator movie, which I don't even know if Alien and Predator, I know there's movies of them together, but are they like yeah. the same? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know how it works either. Um, but... That movie, I felt like I was really locked into, like, the story. And there Mm -hmm. wasn't even a lot of dialogue. It wasn't, like, it was very straightforward, kind of like this. um, Just, like, person versus animal kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I enjoyed that more, I feel like, than I enjoyed Alien. Um, Yeah. But I don't know why. I think it was more action. There were more, like, more, like, scenes of, like interaction between the two um Mm -hmm. and then I did enjoy the sequence towards the end where Sigourney Weaver like sucks the alien out of the ship like I I thought that was cool um but yeah five minutes out of like a two-hour movie I was like okay I like that it climaxed at like its highest point and I think the scene that a lot of people reference is when the alien comes out of the guy's stomach yeah, that I had seen before. I'd watched that scene before. I'd never seen it, but I could see how, like, if you're seeing that movie when you're, like, 14, and that's the first time you've ever In seen, In 1979. Like, a, yeah, yeah, that's the first time you've ever seen, like, a body, like, dismantled in such a way. <laughs> like, I could see how that yeah. could be, like, whoa, like, gross out, body horror right. type stuff. Um, But, yeah, for me, my demented brain that's just seen way too much (laughs) yeah (laughs) I do I think that scene like while it maybe doesn't hold up as far as like the effects like the little alien was kind of like obviously a puppet or something like whatever um but I did think it like held up as far as like suspense I don't know like it it was entertaining to watch I enjoyed I enjoyed that scene like I think those were the only two scenes where I was like locked in really yeah um um what was your least favorite scene gosh I mean probably anything at the beginning yeah before the alien shows up I did not like the scene where Ash, I think it was Ash, was revealed to be a robot cyborg thing. Okay, so I might have missed <laughs> that. I don't remember that. Oh my god. That was, I, a, I did not know I that was like part I of the movie. I might have been a little distracted watching it, um, but that's funny. I just like, I don't know. I think, I think it was a good twist. Like, I did not see it coming, but the whole like way it visually like the way his uh like his the build of his body like looked mm-hmm. once it was like all dismantled and stuff I was like oh this is weird there's like milk coming out of him. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe I need to rewatch it <laughs> um, um are you gonna watch the rest of them <laughs> probably not I know that I've heard a lot of people say that the second one aliens is like funner like more fun is that james cameron Um, yeah james cameron and fincher did aliens (laughs) three um 
I like how the like big directors. I mean, I'm guessing they weren't as big back then, but they all did a. Those yeah, it was like their first. Um, I think Cameron's was like his first movie was like Piranha Two or something like that, yeah. and then he did Aliens. That's cool. Um, like, I wonder what like um, series now like the directors are. I guess that kind of is how it is with the MCU. Like, there's direct big directors doing like. MCU movies and then doing their mm-hmm. own stuff. Yeah, like um, Taika Waititi. Yeah. And um, uh, Nia DaCosta did one. Um, and she did like the new um, Candyman movie um, um, that I didn't really like. <laughs> Anyways, that's besides the point. <laughs> uh, Chloe, Chloe, Chloe Chow did one. Yeah, Eternals. but she did that after after her big break. Right. But I'm sure she was uh, working on it at the same time as Nomadland. She's got to pick herself back up. <laughs> Give us some original content, so Chloe. Yeah, um, and then Ryan Coogler got caught in Black yeah. Panther World. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I think I I am glad that I finally watched it. Like it was a big one on my list that I'm glad to check off. Yeah, me too. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I will watch the sequels. I probably won't get into the aliens versus predator <laughs> section of it, but <laughs> I Did like you watch the design Prey? of the. No, you might like it. I like. I'd I'd have never seen any other predator movies, and I liked it. Um, okay, maybe I'll watch it. It's on it. Hulu. I liked the design of the xenomorph mm-hmm. alien. There was one scene that I don't really even know. It was kind of towards the beginning where they went into like some room on the ship and it was like really like a bunch of oh, structures. Right. Yeah. I don't really know, but it looked really cool to me. Yeah, I liked the, um, I guess, I think I would say, yeah, like my favorite element would be the production design. It sounds like years too yeah um i think it was cool when they went to the planet the alien planet and it was like the whole like graveyard of eggs Mm -hmm. i was like it's also triggering my trypophobia but (laughs) it looks cool did did you throw up (laughs) i was like oh there were a few times where i was like what are y'all doing like aren't you supposed to be a professional like astronaut like why are you going up to the egg and like putting your face inside of it yeah (laughs) and then like whenever they were like in the infirmary and they were like I was like y'all need to wear like protective gear or something like you're just oh yeah and then when they wanted to come in and um and Sigourney Weaver was like no you haven't like passed yeah or you haven't done the like yeah (laughs) I was like why are you trying to break protocol for this weird alien egg um I don't know there was a few of those things where I was like there's there what are y'all doing and maybe it's just like post-pandemic we're like y'all need to cover up (laughs) y'all are asking to to be infected literally (laughs) anyways Anyways, that was Alien. Alien Um, for you. I would recommend it. I think if you're looking to watch a classic that you haven't seen, watch Alien. (laughs) All right. I guess that's all we have. Yeah. 
That's our episode. That's our episode. Um, if y'all want to engage with us or whatever, like <laughs> you can follow us on you Instagram. Can <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at watching up pod. You can email us watching up pod at gmail.com. And otherwise we will see you when we see you. Peace we hope out. you enjoyed this app. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Thanks everyone. Love you. Love you sis. Bye. Bye. No, no, that's all I have to say.